We continue the conversation about what the Florida Panthers are going to do in filling in the spots while Anthony Duclair is out of the lineup. We're going to be doing another player grade series on Locked On Panthers as well as the coaching carousel around the NHL and the preseason schedule for the Florida Panthers all on today's episode of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into this Friday, July 1st edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, we're your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Armando Velez from PantherParkway.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at MondoMan12. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. And thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. Don't forget to also subscribe to Locked On NHL and the Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. We'll be covering all the off-season activities around the National Hockey League. I want to say first and foremost that happy Canada Day for all you Florida Panther fans who happen to live in in Canada. And like I said on the Locked On Panthers Twitter page, go Blue Jays, question mark, on a day like this, because I know for Canada Day, uh, the, the Toronto Blue Jays always have a matinee game, regardless of what day of the week it is uh, on Canada Day. So happy Canada Day for everyone who celebrates. And But let's continue the conversation about the week that was for the Panthers. Uh, it's a week-long celebration continuously here for the, the Panthers, as far as Roberto Luongo, and of course the downs of this as well with Anthony Duclair's injury. And uh, let's go a little, I want to go over a little bit quickly of Roberto Luongo and and just his 2004 season. I watched a whole 15-minute YouTube video on Roberto Luongo's 2004 season and the fact that Luongo faced 500 more shots than the next goalie uh, on the list of most shots taken at 2,475. And Martin Brodeau, who ended up being the Vezina Trophy winner, faced... 630 less shots, but he did play three more games in Luongo, but 630 less shots. And of course the GAA because um, was higher for Luongo based on the amount, the volume of shots that he took. Uh, but the save percentage was just insane at 931 in that season. And Mika Kapruzov uh, played half of the games for the, the Calgary flames uh, and had the 31st most shots taken for for the 2003-2004 season. And still, Luongo finished third in Fezden Trophy voting. And just comes down to wins and losses for that Panthers team. And again, why goalie wins are just stupid. That's just the best way to say it. And this was in the 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 time of the nhl before the salary cap was around for the nhl and also with the with how 
technology hasn't evolutionized the way we have it now, there wasn't as easy of an access to watch Florida Panther games outside of the region. So people didn't have eyes on the Panthers and didn't have eyes on what Roberto Luongo was doing in that 2003-2004 season, just going based on a box score. But just with all that, just the shots against, just incredible how Roberto Luongo was able to continue helping the Panthers in 2003-2004, give them a chance every single night. Now let's go over continuing the injury of Anthony Duclair and multiple multiple people have spoken about this on their fair shot podcast after the injury uh, for Duclair was officially confirmed by him Steve Goldstein talked about it on his Goldie on Ice podcast and so did David Dork and we're hover the one that the thing that has both of them in common of what I've been saying is just the timeline of Duclair returning anywhere between December, end of December to the All-Star break. So it begs the question, are the solutions to fill in Anthony Duclair's spot going to be in-house for something temporary before he comes back in? Or are the Panthers going to be looking outside of their organization in order to fill that spot temporarily? Though there is that cap relief that they do have in order to re-sign Claude Giroux or Mason Marchment, and then, like I said, worry about that later. But let's kind of go over some of the right-wing positions that are that are UFAs and even RFAs uh, this upcoming season, the, this off-season, excuse me, for the NHL. And some of them, I looked at them, and I'm not very not 100% uh, encouraged by the by the names that I hear based on, I'm going to read them to you and I'm going to really tell you yes or no <laughs> on which ones I would probably take a flyer on. Um, Phil Kessel, 30, 34 years old. I'm going to say no um, because the Florida Panthers did have an Ironman, um, a, a person who was on the verge of an Ironman streak on their team just a few seasons ago. And the Panthers do not want to go through that again. Alexander Radulov, uh, who's going to become a UFA, almost 40 years old, um, excuse me, almost 36 years old, excuse me, um, going to be in a bottom six role. Don't know what he's looking for as far as compensation. If it's like a veteran's minimum deal, sure, maybe. But don't expect so much production out of Radulov. Um, same thing with Louis Erickson. Uh, he's almost 37. Uh, 19 points in 73 games. Dustin Brown of the Los Angeles Kings, who he's it says he's a UFA, but apparently um, he's uh, told the LA Kings that he will be retiring. So that's out of the window for Dustin Brown and the Florida Panthers coming in. Nino Niederreiter, uh, who's almost 30 years old, uh, played for the Carolina Hurricanes. The, of, as far as point production, Niederreiter uh, is, is of this list one of the best uh, – right-wing UFAs, UFAs we're talking about, uh, who's going to hit the open market about half a point a game, um, could be part of your uh, bottom six uh, for the Panthers. But what is he looking for as far as compensation? Riley Smith is another one, former Florida Panther. Uh, There's there's agreement in principle. It's not yet updated on an extension for Riley Smith, but it was reported that Riley Smith and Vegas Golden Knights are closing in on an extension. Jay Beagle, hell no. 
uh, Valerie Nutruskin, he's going to get paid. So that's likely going to be out of the Florida Panthers' price range. Another one on this list that I'm seeing, former Panther Rocco Grimaldi played seven games for the Nashville Predators, didn't record a single point in those uh, seven games for $2 million. As far as RFAs for other teams, and the biggest, probably the biggest RFA that is out there, well, not literally out there because they can be qualified and offer. Uh, the biggest one is Patrick Lane. And I know it's a dream for Florida Panther fans to have Patrick Lane and Alexander Barkov on the same team, but it the numbers just don't make sense to bring uh, Patrick Lane here to the Florida Panthers. Another one is Brock Besser of the of the Vancouver Canucks. Sure, the Vancouver Canucks are up against the cap, uh, but likely the Canucks are going to make some trades uh, this offseason to likely bring Brock Besser back into the mix for the Canucks. And he, I mean, Besser's only 25 years old. Here's an interesting one. Capo Caco, a former second overall pick by the New York Rangers, only 21 years old, uh, 18 points in 43 games last year and a cap hit of under $2 million. I'm going to make a bold prediction here. Well, maybe it's not so bold. I think somebody out there, I don't think it's the Panthers. I think somebody out there is going to offer sheet Capo Caco. And, you know, offer sheets are rare. People don't like doing it. It pisses off other rival GMs. I mean, we saw it with the whole Sebastian Ajo and Jasper Kakaniemi situations with the Montreal Canadiens and the Carolina Hurricanes where Montreal tried offer sheeting Sebastian Ajo and the Carolina Hurricanes said, nope, you're not going to do that. And then they tried getting revenge back uh, in offer sheeting just Barry Kakaniemi and the Carolina Hurricanes won that one. <laughs> so, and then we're able to extend Kakaniemi at a pretty good deal for a bottom six player. But I think that Capo Caco might be uh might have might have an offer sheet uh this upcoming season. Um because Barry Kakanen of the Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, around a half a point uh, a game at 3.2. Don't um the priority for the Penguins is gonna be try to re-sign of Getty Malkin and Chris Letang. And so far what we're hearing from Ron Hextall is, is that they those two are kind of getting lowballed. <laughs> Owen Tippett's an uh, an RFA, but it looks like that Philly is going to qualify him an offer. I you you you're taking you traded a, for a first round of not only a first round pick but also a former first round pick as a prospect. So you got to make something out of that investment if you're Chuck Fletcher, Philip Zadina, who's almost 23 years old. Um, Steve Eiserman has a lot of cap space at his disposal. He's going to likely qualify an offer for. Philip Zanina. Jesse Pugliarvi. This is a guy who's been talked about all throughout NHL circles about getting traded and has just hasn't been a fit over there in Edmonton. And all the advanced stats people have been saying about how Pugliarvi is going to probably be in a better situation somewhere else of how the those advanced stats really go in Pugliarvi's favor uh, if he were in a better situation uh, for outside of Edmonton. So maybe it's just not a fit there. Don't know if the Florida Panthers actually pull off a trade for Jesse Pugliarvi, but you, you just never know with the uh, with this front office and what the 
what Bill Zito is uh, able to do uh, with <laughs> at, at his disposal. So you, you just never know. You just never know what Bill Zito can pull off here. So those are a little bit of the names of outside the organization for for the Florida Panthers as far as RFAs and UFAs. Probably in the next week we could see of which players that are under contract of who the Panthers could trade in order to fill Anthony Duclair's spot. But it could look like temporarily as well that the Florida Panthers could very well go in-house because of the lack of assets they have in order to try to fill in the spots. Uh, and, and remember, these are the bottom six part. This is the bottom six of the lineup that you're trying to fill. However, once again, it's only going to be temporary for the spot to be filled. So just for this exercise, we are looking at the players outside of the organizations that could be in. But chances are as well that the Panthers could be looking in-house for these the for these spots on the in the lineup. In the next segment, we're gonna be continuing our player grade evaluations for the 2021-22 season. We're, we're going to talk about that more in the next segment. But first, we're going to tell you all about BetOnline. And BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. Find all the latest sports developments, including league reviews, news, including NHL draft, NHL free agency, any NBA free agency. Maybe the Heat will land Kevin Durant. Who knows? And everything related to Major League Baseball. The Marlins have a Cy Young frontrunner as well. So maybe you can bet Sandy Alcantara to win the Cy Young. BetOnline.net is your source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Second segment here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast on this Friday, July 1st edition of the show. As you notice, no Fairbanks Friday this Friday. So Nick and I have been in communication uh, throughout the last 24 hours. So um, a little uh, he right now he is on injured reserve right now, not LTIR, but just injured reserve. So he's going to be back uh, next week. So feel better, Nick, uh, a, a public shout out for, for you to feel better. So. See you next week. But uh, player grades for the for the Panthers. Um, today we're going to be talking about Mackenzie Weger. And, of course, this was a very hot topic for the Panthers and Weegs, especially in the playoffs. But let's, uh, let's, let's discuss what Mackenzie Weger has done well for the Panthers. And, of course, this is a seventh-round pick and a big success story for Weger. The sixth-to-last pick in his draft and a career high in goals for Mackenzie Weger. And as far as uh, possession numbers for the Panthers, he's second best among defensemen in Corsi four right behind Aaron Ekblad. So as whenever him and Ekblad are on the ice, the possession metrics for the Panthers are a lot better with Mackenzie Weger on the ice than when he's off. And Second in time on ice in all situations and, excuse me, leads the Panthers in time on ice in all situations. And second 
in in regular time on ice. Um, in takeaways, led the team in takeaways, but he also led the Panthers in giveaways, especially in their own zone, which resulted in a lot of those one-on-ones on Sergei Bobrovsky. And that is the biggest criticism for Mackenzie Weger as far as his zone exits. In, 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 instead of trying to take it by him, instead of trying to make that pass to get the puck out of the zone, a lot of times we've seen Mackenzie Weger try to take it on his own. And what happens is a, a turnover from time to time. We've also seen some delay of game penalties, him, him trying to just uh, get the puck out of the zone and then it results going over the glass and then a two minute minor for Mackenzie Weger. And that has been my biggest criticism on Mackenzie Weger, some of his zone exits and the penalties uh, as far as delay of game as well. But he is a valuable part of the penalty kill. He is he, him and paired up with Aaron Ekblad, and then you see Barkoff and Lundell as far as the forwards as well, as far as that first penalty kill unit. And as far as shot attempts in all situations, Mackenzie Weger is second on the Panthers right behind Sam Bennett. And being a defenseman and taking shots from the blue line and creating those opportunities for deflections, if the goalie is going one way, the puck deflects, even if it's blocked by the opposing team and then there's a free puck right in, in, in front of the slot, someone is able to get the puck and then just find a wide open net off a, off a rebound. And that's what Mackenzie Weger has brought to the table for for the Panthers over his time. And it, I mean, the last two years for Mackenzie Weger, he's been, it, he's been, he's gotten votes in the Norris. So, I mean, I, I mean, I know the Norris is mostly an offensive defenseman type of award, but look at Mackenzie Weger in point production as well. I mean, we talked about his goals and career highs in that, but he also has career highs in assists as well with 36. Uh, and when it comes to on the rush too, he's always, he's all, it's always mostly starting with him and Ekblad. I mean, the defense uh, starting to uh, starting the rushes and Mackenzie Weger is definitely start starting most of that. I mean, I know plus minus isn't the end all be all, but Mackenzie Weger had a plus minus of 40, plus 40 in 80 games for the Panthers. I know, once again, his postseason, his postseason wasn't the best and a lot of giveaways in his own zone. And the one that we could point to mostly is game one against the Capitals. And wasn't his best, it wasn't his best playoff, showing in the playoffs. We all know that. But there is still some value of what Mackenzie Weger can bring to this roster. And two things can be true at the same time as well, as far as what Mackenzie Weger brings to the table. Once again, I'm not sure if I would offer a big-time extension to Mackenzie Weger based on, depending on how much term you want to give Claude Drew or Mason Marchment, the Panthers might be a little cap strap when it, if they make those a priority, and then it could result in Uyghur being out of the picture. Very well could. And 
Kirstead, we 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 spoke about this earlier in the week where that second year of it being just a one-way deal, that first year of that one-way deal, um, this, excuse me, the second year, the first year of it is a two-way deal. The second year is a one-way deal. And that and the first year of that, Mackenzie Weger will be a UFA. So that development for Kierstead is to get him ready to become part of the everyday roster for the Panthers in case someone like Mackenzie Weger does eventually walk. But as far as Mackenzie Weger's season, for what he has in career highs for the Panthers, as his offensive stats of more take he's creating more takeaways which creates rushes and odd man rushes to be exact and i gotta give mackenzie Weger a b for for this for the for this past season on how he's done sure you want Weger to clean up some of the zone exits in this upcoming season because he will be up for a contract as well so we 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 gotta we gotta definitely see less of that for Uyghur because Mer- Paul Maurice spoke about how he didn't want to abandon the offense for the Panthers, but he wants to kind of transition more to the defensive game of what the Panthers could do um, in that end. And it's got to start with not giving the puck away. Sometimes those can be on force error. Yeah. The other teams are forechecking as the, Panthers are exiting the zone, but it's about trying to create that open pass. So and just try not to do too much on it when exiting the zone as well for someone like Mackenzie Weger. And that's what I'm I'm sure Mackenzie Weger is something is that's something that he's worked on. An example of how Mackenzie Weger can be his his biggest critic, his own critic, his best critic, excuse me, is don't you remember after game one when there was an optional skate? The scratches from the night before were practicing. And then you had Carver Hagee and Mackenzie Weger as the two players that skated the optional skate. And that was after Mackenzie Weger made a big mistake in game one of that capital series. Don't you don't don't you think that this guy's motivated to be better? Come on now. He is definitely motivated to come out stronger. And, you know, he's been doubted his whole career. I mean, we mentioned where he was drafted as well. So, Uyghur, I'm hoping for a better season out of him. It might hurt the pocketbooks for the Panthers if he has an outstanding season, maybe forcing the hand of them uh, to pay. But I think it's going to be a situation where next offseason, Bill Zito is going to tell Uyghur, hey, test the market. See what's out there and then come back to us and see what is on the table. And then we'll see what we can do. So that's what I think next offseason is going to be for Mackenzie Weger and Bill Zito. So once again, my player grade for Mackenzie Weger this season is a B. In the next segment, we're going to continue talking about the coaching carousel for the NHL. Some A surprise firing as well. And we're going to be discussing the preseason schedule for the Florida Panthers ahead of the 22-23 season. But first, we're going to tell you all about Built Bar. 
From the people who invented healthy and tasty comes the latest gift for your taste bud. It is the coconut brownie chunk puff. You probably tried the amazing coconut brownie chunk built bar, but guess what? Your friends at Built have given chocolate brownie chunk the puffs treatment. That's right, coconut brownie chunk built bar flavor you love in a deliciously chewy marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. It's like a fluffy cloud of chocolate brownie goodness. But stop drooling and listen. They are good for you. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and all delicious. Coconut brownie chunk puffs are only here for a limited time. So go to built.com now to make sure you don't miss out. They're going fast because they taste amazing. All built bars are made with calligan protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. The best part about built puffs is, of course, they taste amazing, but you can enjoy them guilt-free because they're actually good for you. They are the perfect treat. Perfect when you got a craving, you need to satisfy your sweet tooth, or if you need a quick, healthy snack. They're an excellent source of protein. Delicious coconut, rich, sweet brownie, creamy marshmallow. Stop fantasizing. Get to Built.com and, or, and to order your box of coconut brownie chunk built puffs right now. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Third and final segment of this July 1st edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. And the Florida Panthers have announced their preseason schedule for the 2022-23 season. Their schedule goes as follows, just like just like the last few years. uh, The Florida Panthers will be playing a doubleheader on September 26th against the Nashville Predators. This time it will be in Nashville. And uh, September 26th is on a Monday. So so it'll be a 4 p.m. and an 8 p.m. start time. So no interference with football this time around for for anyone who's also a football fan. (laughs) Uh, September 29th versus the Carolina Hurricanes, which is a Thursday uh, at 7 p.m. at FLA Live Arena. A few days later on October 1st, which is a Saturday, uh, 1 p.m. matinee game at Carolina. Home against the Tampa Bay Lightning on October 6th, which is a Thursday. And then October 8th at the Tampa Bay Lightning at 4 p.m. Saturday, October 8th, at 4 p.m. at MLA Arena. Personal bummer for me because there won't be a neutral site preseason game for the Panthers and the Lightning at Amway Center in Orlando. And I've met quite a few uh, Panther fans, uh, myself here, right here in Central Florida. Um, even ran into a listener that told me that he listens to the show, which was which was a, a big surprise to me. Just random conversation, uh, but no, no, Pan, no, no Panthers Lightning in Orlando this year. Uh, Jacob Winans also here with me in Central Florida as well. We were talking about it, and we're both kind of bummed about it as well. Uh, so that's the preseason schedule for the Panthers. Um, no update on the prospect camp as well for the Panthers. That's going to be something that's going to be announced for the Panthers after the draft and after free agency, more than likely last year it was held in Wesley Chapel, Florida held um, hosted by the Tampa Bay lightning, which they also faced the prospects of the Carolina hurricanes, Nashville predators and Tampa Bay lightning. So stay tuned for that. We're we'll, as soon as we know, we'll, we'll update you guys here on lockdown Panthers as well. 
but more of a coaching carousel for the Panthers, um, excuse me, the NHL, um, is a few hirings have happened around the league. Jim Montgomery, who has spent a season with the Dallas Stars and a few years as an assistant under the St. Louis Blues, he's going to be hired as the next head coach of the Boston Bruins. Rick Tockett, um, who we've seen the this last this past season with the NHL on TNT, and a moment um, <laughs> and when I first thought about that, I thought a moment of silence for Liam McHugh uh, because he did not want Rick Tockett to go. I mean, Rick Tockett's experiences. A few seasons on the rebuilding Lightning team, who was just drafting Steven Stamkos and Victor Hedman into the mix. So they were kind of rebuilding their team then after a few a few years after they won the Cup in 04. And was also spent four years with the Arizona Coyotes. Only one playoff appearance, which came at in the bubble uh, in Toronto. And they lost that. So if you want to count that as a playoff experience for Rick Tockett, I guess that's the one and only one that they, that he has had. Uh, Derek Lalonde, who has moved up in the coaching ranks for, for in multiple leagues, Green Bay Gamblers in the USHL, Toledo Walleye in the ECHL, which was actually part of the, which is actually part of the Detroit Red Wings uh, farm system. That, that's one of their um, affiliations. So he's worked in the Red Wings organization before and won coach of the year uh, in his in during his time to ECHL, AHL with the Iowa Wild, and then these la- the last four years with the Tampa Bay Lightning as an assistant um, as an assistant coach hired by Steve Eiserman. So Steve Eiserman is hiring Derek Lalonde again now to be his guy at head coach. And this was the rumor for weeks about bringing in an assistant coach for the Tampa Bay Lightning onto the Detroit Red Wings, and a surprise firing. Former Florida Panthers head coach Bob Bugner uh, was let go by the San Jose Sharks just this morning, July 1st. And the San Jose Sharks have been in an extensive search for a GM uh, for a few months now. And they haven't announced who their GM is as of this recording. Uh, I haven't, I've, I could go on Twitter to like recheck my phone, but I right before recording uh this show there have been no updates on on who the san jose sharks will be hiring as uh gm for their team so refreshing my feed and still no announcement of who the gm is uh nick paul for the tampa bay lightning did get a seven-year uh extension worth three million aav great value for the tampa bay lightning um and nick paul but going back to the Sharks and Bugner. This just tells me that a GM is going to be in place, just hasn't been announced, and he wants to pick his guy. And Bugner wasn't that guy, former Florida Panthers head coach Bob Bugner. And it just goes to show that this, when it comes to coaching searches and having their guy, it just comes down to ego. And I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just they want their guy. And GMs don't want to hear the talk of, oh, yeah, you won the cup, but you didn't choose your coach. I'm not. I'm not sure how much Julian Brisebois is hearing that from the outside. I don't think he really cares. He has two cups to his name as a GM, but coaches, um, GMs want their guy whenever they get the chance. And I know hindsight is twenty twenty, and all, but looking back at the whole Andrew Burnett situation for the Panthers, you know. 
my it, it just goes back to the initial prediction of yeah andrew burnett's gonna stay and then the creeping doubt as time went on of whether he was going to be the guy and once again that's what they want they want their people in in the mix and it, it really boosts their resume as far as yeah I won a Stanley Cup with the guy that I chose. And this is and this Bugner firing from San Jose is yet another example of that. So best of luck to Bob Bugner, wherever he may go next in his hockey career. So we um even if he gets hired somewhere else, that's not the Florida Panthers, we will update you guys on what former Panthers are doing what and what happens in their careers. So we'll be updating you guys on that. Thank you for listening to this Friday edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. It's a later release than I wanted to uh, to do. Uh, but it is a holiday weekend here, not only in Canada, but in the U.S. as well. So... We're going to take a few days off in the beginning of the week uh, of next week of Locked On Panthers uh, with the 4th of July being uh, this weekend. And we're likely going to be back on Wednesday uh, for Winans Wednesday uh, next uh, next week. Uh, We might have a Tuesday episode. Can't confirm yet based on the travel that I will be doing. Uh, But I I do want to wish everyone. Uh, uh, a great holiday weekend for everyone in Canada celebrating Canada Day and everyone here in the U.S. celebrating the 4th of July, whether you do celebrate or not. If you don't if you don't celebrate the holidays uh, based on Canada Day and 4th of July, it's totally understandable as well. I will respect that for you as well, because you are allowed to celebrate whether you want to or not. But take a little bit of of a break if, if you need to as well. And, you know, May, um, because we have a a draft and a free agency to talk about when we do re- when we when I do return to your ears here on Locked On Panthers because the Panthers even though they have a lot of late draft capital they still have volume when it comes to what they're going to do next Friday so it, the draft is a week from tonight so uh, we, uh, we'll be talking about maybe what Corey Pronman of the Athletic projects that the Florida Panthers will be doing. So keep an eye out for that on what their approach could be and what debt pieces the Florida Panthers could be filling in on their roster, even if they don't play for another two to three years on the roster. So keep an eye out for that when we do eventually return here on Locked On Panthers. But in the meantime, if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast so you'll be notified every single time the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Make sure to subscribe to Locked On NHL and the Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark will be covering all the postseason activities around, excuse me, offseason activities around the National Hockey League. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And for your second listen of the day, make sure to listen to today's episode of Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Locked On Fantasy Hockey will be covering all the future drafts and betting futures for everything in relation to the National Hockey League. Subscribe to Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. So I'm Armando Velez, 
signing off. And you've been listening to Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We're your team. Every day. <laughs>